Welcome back to the Executive Burnout Podcast, Still Waiting for the Miracle. I'm burned out executive Angela Willows. We dive back into the question of recovery therapy. And this is a good one, medical massage. It's soundly in the self-care pillar of recovery, but well-grounded in taking down that stress response. Medical massage as part of the burnout recovery program feels, well, a bit obvious to me as a good therapy. If you've ever gotten a massage, you know how great you feel after a really good one. And there's really a good reason for this. So how does a medical massage impact the stress cycle? Well, a medical massage is specifically meant to relieve muscle tension. Remember, we're all stressed out, and that means our muscles are super tense, we're breathing shallow and fast, and our blood is full of cortisol and adrenaline. We can reverse that response by relaxing our muscles. That relaxation, along with slowing of the breath, tells our amygdala that everything is fine. You're safe and the danger is gone. So the body shuts off the flow of stress hormones, including adrenaline and cortisol. Now, what I want to say here is that other types of massages do help with relaxation. But there's an important distinction because the tension in the muscles is part of the messages going to the brain about whether or not it is safe to shut down adrenaline. You can relax partially without a full release of muscle tension. And for example, a Swedish massage will certainly feel good, but it's unlikely to get a full release of the tension. Let's say some benefit, but not enough for the burned out patient. We've all gotten a deep tissue massage that was painful. For me, I don't want one of those. A medical massage should not hurt. It should give you relief. And usually it feels so good that the brain produces oxytocin and serotonin. And we all know that oxytocin and serotonin are our feel-good hormones, something like liquid love. And what that does is it helps you to really relax and it's super soothing. A deep tissue massage is great for injuries. It can help to reduce scar tissue during healing. It rehabilitates injured muscles by breaking down tension and stiffness in the body. And this is really interesting because muscle tension is one of the signals that goes to your brain to say that there's danger. And if that tension is coming from an injury that is not yet healed, your body is still getting the message that danger is not yet gone. So what does it do? It holds on to the stress response. An injury can actually lead to one of those so-called devil cycles. You're injured, so the body sends out pain and a stress response. And because you're afraid of the pain associated with a massage, or you're afraid of the pain, what it does is it tightens your muscles during the perceived danger period. And that tension is held due to the injury and the fear associated with it, and you get stuck in a stress cycle without even realizing it. What the body needs is for the muscles to release and break that stress cycle. In order to do that, it has to get the signal that the danger has passed. And if you're fearful of getting a deep tissue massage because of the pain that it causes, you might want to consider the happy medium of a medical massage level of intensity. Now, we all know that chronic stress does affect your cardiovascular health. And so a medical massage can actually reduce your blood pressure. And what happens is it slows down your heart, and for many people, it actually causes you to breathe slower. 
And it does give your heart just a bit of a break from working so hard. So a good massage improves your circulation and drainage. And I have to say all of that is so good for your body, especially if you're in a burnout. But you know, a lot of people getting massage is impossible. It's just something that you cannot do. You essentially have to be naked with a stranger touching your body. I get it. And that's a real trigger for people. And if you're one of those people, I'm not going to try and convince you to change your mind. But I'm going to say this, stick around to find out why you might feel so uncomfortable with a massage. Now, here's what I want to talk about next. I want to talk about pain. Pain is also a signal from the brain that's part of the stress response as well. It's just another mechanism that your body has developed to keep you out of danger. Pain ensures that we change our behavior to avoid becoming injured. In the later stage of my recovery, I developed body pain for really the first time in my life. And I'm not talking about aches and pains. I'm talking about pain. It was horrible. And I was taking medication and found that it really actually wasn't helping. The interesting thing was that I had no idea why I was in pain. I would literally lie in bed at night and it felt like knives were being stabbed into my hips and calves. I have to say it absolutely disrupted my sleep. Now, I did not have an injury that was causing pain. So I admit I attributed this pain to basically some old injuries, which should have been healed a long time ago. In my early 20s, I suffered from sciatica, so I thought, well, I'm just having a flare-up of sciatica. Now, there was another thought that crossed my mind, which was actually about pain sensation suppression. So let me explain this one a little bit. While I was in a high-stress environment, I had successfully shut down my sensitivity to pain. Um, What that means is basically I ignored my pain physically, mentally, emotionally. I went for years without really experiencing what should have been pain, like a lot of pain. You know, I used to tell myself, well, you're really strong, but now I realize I wasn't strong. I was suppressing those feelings. And the burnout has changed this for me. I've allowed myself to experience pain for the very first time. I've stopped trying to ignore pain. I have let it all run in. So let me be clear. All those mental barriers for pain suppression evaporated into thin air. I didn't have a choice. My body was forcing me to experience it all. So I assumed that the crippling pain I was feeling had something to do with allowing myself to feel it for the first time. Now, is that what was really going on? Maybe. I'm actually not sure if that's true or not. But here's what I figured out about pain and about the pain I was having. It was neuroplastic. And what does that mean? So first off, the pain I was experiencing was very real. But here's the thing. Our brains use pain as a signal that's triggered by stress hormones. So if you touch a hot stove, you get a pain signal. But that's an easy one. What if the danger you're experiencing is conceptual? It's something that you're thinking about. Sometimes the brain can't distinguish between what is real and what's in our minds. Remember, the stress response is exactly the same for being chased by wild animals as it is for thinking about stressful stuff. When the brain is anticipating bad things, it sends a false pain signal, and the trigger is fear. 
Now, look, there was a really interesting study done in the U.S. to try and figure out how pain works. And the participants in the study were given one of two kinds of pain. The first pain was a predictable pain. In this group of participants, what happened is that the anticipation of pain gave a stress response when it occurred. And after it was over, the participant's stress response returned to a baseline. So that's just exactly what you'd expect. Now, what they got the real learning from was from the second group of people who were getting unpredictable patterns of pain. What they observed was that their pain response was higher and longer. And sometimes people registered pain when no pain was being administered. In effect, if you're faced with uncertainty, it hurts more and you feel it at times when there is nothing inflicting pain on you. Your brain generates an elevated pain response in the absence of injury when you are fearful. So what was my mental state when all this pain showed up? You guessed it. It was fear. I was spending my days worrying about the uncertainty in my life. I mean, I had some big things going on. We were moving and it was like months to take possession of a house. I left my job and I didn't have a work permit. And this created a lot of uncertainty for me mentally. No home, no job, no status. Can you imagine a more uncertain situation to be in while you're still dealing with a burnout recovery? Yikes. It's no wonder I felt pain. And it's also no wonder that the pain medication didn't do anything. I was scared, not injured. And that's the definition of neuroplastic pain. It's brain-generated. But here's an interesting fact. A medical massage is more effective at reducing and eliminating pain than medication. So just get a massage, right? Well, there's a little bit more to it than that. So let me tell you what happened in the hospital. We had massages weekly for an hour. The beginning and end of the appointment was essentially a talking session. So all of the practitioners in this hospital were talking to each other about the progress of each patient. So the therapist wasn't coming in cold. They were sharing with each other the things that we were individually dealing with. And that's what made this therapy so effective in that hospital setting. All of the therapists were building on each other's work. The therapist would ask me about what I'd been working on in my psychology appointments that I might have been still thinking about. And I'd tell her what was on my mind. She would then ask what I thought would be helpful for me that day. And then she would do a therapy that she believed would be helpful. Now, upon reflection, it appeared that the hospital seemed to understand the connection between fear, tension, and pain. What I eventually learned more than a year later is the concept of neuroplastic pain. Uh, The important part of neuroplastic pain relief is to acknowledge that the pain is a response to fear and to reassure yourself that you're in fact safe. Now, just a caveat here. If you're actually injured, uh, you have to deal with that differently than neuroplastic pain. For example, if you broke your arm or burned your hand, that's not neuroplastic pain and telling yourself you're safe is not the solution. The problem is, is that we can talk ourselves into believing that we have real injuries which are causing the pain not that our brain is actually generating it. They must be able to distinguish between those two types of pain. So listen, I'm not going to go too much further on this one, but you might be wanting to learn more about this topic. My good friend Trish put me onto a podcast called Tell Me About Your Pain. It's a limited series, which is now complete, but it's still available to listen to. 
And if you're in pain and cannot get relief, I recommend this podcast. Just listen to it with an open mind. What have you got to lose? You might even be able to get rid of some of that chronic pain you're experiencing. The first week I was in the hospital, frankly, I was a mess. I had no focus in my program and was wound up like a spring. Yes, I had pain, but no clue about the connections between the burnout and the pain. I had told my therapist that I had sciatica pain. I told her when it started and why I thought I had it. And she gave me one of the best massages that I've ever experienced. For the first time in a lot of years, my legs were completely out of pain and that massage did not hurt. After the therapy, the practitioner would ask what we experienced and how we felt. After that first massage, for some reason, I just cried. I shouldn't have cried because it was such a relief to be out of pain. But that was a bit of a pattern for me was crying anyhow. The massage had felt so good. I should have been totally relaxed and relieved and full of feel-good hormones. And I have to say, I did feel good. But I was also a deeply ill patient in a hospital. And to me, I've come to understand that the massage is one of those therapies that's a little bit like art. A massage brings up emotions that therapy sometimes cannot. Now, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that many people won't get a massage. And maybe you've had a massage and experienced something similar. Instead of feeling relief and relaxation, it brought up other emotions. And this is where I want to share with you another concept about our emotions in the body. In one of the first episodes of this podcast, I mentioned this idea that emotions happen in the body. And I got that from a book. Emotions are not a thing which starts and ends from the neck up. We experience fear, sadness, love, and joy in our whole body. And it might start in our brains, but it sure doesn't stay there. Well, so what happens if we suppress those feelings? You might recall me sharing that what my sister said to me was this, feelings buried alive remain alive. That is to say that forcing ourselves to ignore what we feel doesn't make that feeling leave us. It's like pulling our car into a parking spot. The car is still there even if we turn our back on it. We haven't made it disappear. We don't think about our emotions as tangible things like a car. We think of them as passing and transient, generated by our minds. Well, okay, that's what I used to believe about my emotions. They go up and down. One day they're up and the next day they're down. The only thing I had to do was just wait for that feeling to pass whenever I felt bad. Now, as I reflect on it today, I believed at that moment that I only had two choices. Wait for the feelings to pass or act upon them. I didn't know that there was another possibility. And that possibility was to feel them and acknowledge their existence. The concept of buried feelings is covered exceptionally well in a book by Alice Miller called The Body Never Lies. Now, this book specifically addresses the questions of um, the effects of cruel parenting on adults, but the concept rings true for all of our emotions. Emotions never dissipate or disappear if we choose to ignore them. We may bury them alive, but they don't die. They get stored in the memory banks of our body and show up as pain and injury until we finally address them. For some reason, when I got those massages, some emotions were stirred up in me. Sometimes I felt great, and other times I felt not great. It wasn't a physical thing, it was purely an emotional thing. 
And this is why medical massage is so powerful in the burnout recovery process. It is also the reason why many people cannot allow themselves that vulnerability with a stranger that a medical massage brings. So listen, this is like all the therapies I'm talking about. You can decide for yourself if it's right for you. If you can afford a weekly massage, do it. But the key really is to find someone you can trust so that becomes a therapy that you can look forward to and benefit from. Right now, you might be waiting for a miracle. And I just want to remind you that you are the miracle. <laughs>